Welcome to Talking Kotlin. On this episode, I'm sitting down with Joe Birch discussing guitars and creating applications for guitars for learning how to play the guitar using Kotlin as well. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? It's great. I'm actually very, very excited to have you on the show for, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think what you've been doing is is great, which I think is really fantastic. So I want to dive into that. The second aspect is like, I'm so selfish about asking you a whole bunch of questions around guitar, right? Because, you know, I've been, I've been learning to play the guitar for the past year. Uh, I'm still learning how to play the guitar. And it just sometimes is quite frustrating. And I'm like, you know, I need some, I, I was saying to a, a, a colleague of mine today, I said, I have this crazy idea to start a podcast, monthly podcast, which is learning how to play the guitar and music theory out of pure selfishness of me getting people that know how to do it and, and pick their brain. That's so, not a bad idea. <laughs> I know. It's just, uh, you know, um, if only I could have a little bit more uh, minutes in the day to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, I, I, know you, I know what you mean. Like, I've, I've been playing guitar since I was 10, but I remember when I started out, it was a, it was a nightmare. <laughs> oh, God. I envy you so much. I, I actually started to play the guitar when I was, uh, and, and I have to give a disclaimer to all folks listening to this, right? If this becomes more about guitar than Kotlin, I'm sorry, but it's my opportunity to talk in guitar, okay? But um, I I started to play when I was around, uh, I, think, I think around 17 or 18, and mm. I started with a right-handed guitar and I'm left-handed. And I had this psychological barrier always saying, like, I'm never going to learn how to play this because I'm left-handed. And after about a year and a half, I essentially just stopped. And then I, I picked it up last year, but this time I bought myself a left-handed guitar. Uh, and I don't know if I'll be any better or not, but at least that that barrier has gone, you know, that yeah. mindset that, oh, you know, I'll never be good. Mm. Which is like... If you're, if you're left-handed, yeah, it seems like a, a good route to go down now. Well, you know, and I was actually talking to someone today, uh, the other month around this, and he, he brought up a good point. He's like, technically, there is no left or right hand to a guitar, right? I mean, it's like mm. both hands are equally as important. You, you have certain things that you need to do with your right hand, certain practices that you need to do with the left hand. So... And I'm like, oh, shut up, you know, just shut up because, you know, I, I didn't waste 20 years of my life for you to come and tell me this now. Just be quiet and let me be happy with my left-handed guitar. Yeah. Um, it's also yeah. very good to be left-handed because, you know, when you say to people, oh, yeah, I know how to play the guitar a little bit. And they're like, oh, look, here, I have a guitar. Why don't you play something for me? I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm left-handed. I can't. I hadn't thought of that, yeah, because you always get put on the spot, don't you? And you yeah. just forget, it's like, forget everything you can play. Yeah, honey, play something. I'm like, oh, that looks like a right-handed guitar. Sorry, not for me. <laughs> I'm going to have to switch. Yeah. <laughs> so you're right-handed, yeah? Yeah, right-handed, yeah. So. Cool. But anyway, uh, we will try and uh, talk a little bit about uh, guitar, I mean, Kotlin uh, in, in this show. Uh, so tell us, what exactly is it that you've been working on? So I built a guitar um, and the aim of it was to be accessible for people who are blind, deaf and mute. Um, so the guitar is powered by the Google Assistant and it has uh, various amounts of input and output that allow each of those conditions, each of uh, those conditions to be accessible. So 
you can talk to the guitar and you can ask it how to how to learn a chord um, and then it will output that chord for you via the speaker via braille reader or by via a screen and it also has uh, some buttons on it which allow you to select a chord to learn just in case you can't speak so it's kind of a way for it's not like a it's not aimed to be like a complete guitar tutor it's more like like learning the chords learning the foundations and giving the confidence to someone to be able to, to play an instrument when that there may be barriers in place before that so i think that that is really an, an amazing thing to do but before diving deeper i want to ask why like why did you come up with this idea so i built about a year and a half maybe two years ago i built something called braille box it's like really really unoriginal name but what it was was it's this little box that essentially would hit the bbc news api which is um it would just grab the latest news article and it would read it out in braille um it didn't look very aesthetically pleasing um but it served the function of just providing the news to to someone um in braille format and i created that because so there's this condition in my family um which is called retinitis pigmentosa and um, my nan had it and my mum has it and it essentially essentially leads to tunnel vision uh, it's where the cells in your eye die off um can be kind of random in your eye and they just die off and eventually like the more cells that die off near each other they like the bigger the back black patches are and that eventually leads to tunnel vision um and can lead to blindness and um, so that's it's kind of like a a quite close to home condition and that kind of got me thinking about like things I could do to to help people in those positions um, and braille box is kind of just an experiment and then I started thinking more like if I had that condition if I was blind for example how would that have affected the things that I've done in my life and like guitar like having played it since such a young age and playing in bands and stuff and it was a really big part of like my college years and um, and I was thinking, like, would I still be able to learn guitar? Would I still be able to, like, get that same enjoyment from music if I was blind? Um, and I started thinking about the barriers that may have come across it. And, yeah, it just seemed like a natural kind of thing, like, to to do something to do with music because it was uh, such an important thing for me. You've gone even further with this, right? Because you're, you're talking about people that uh, suffer from hearing disorders and also uh, speech impediments, right? Yeah, so that's kind of, like feature creeping myself <laughs> i started doing it just for the with the brow reader and the google assistant and then that's kind of like it already turned out to be a quite a tricky project because it was like i'm not really that like, comfortable with hardware stuff i haven't really done too much before and i just thought while i'm doing this i might as well i might as well see if i can like broaden the scope a bit and like if i could help other others um others who people have other conditions to do these things on guitar and um I, I gave a talk a few years ago about allyship in tech and um and like um diversity and inclusion and during that research i came across a lot of numbers around like uh people with disabilities and and the ones that stood out there were um like uh, also people who are deaf and so that's where the deaf part came from and then mute was kind of just like seemed the natural thing because I was already doing blind and I was already doing deaf. So mute seemed like a, a natural progression. Yeah, often when I see people that are challenged in one way or another and really trans like kicks myself in the back, kind of saying, you know, you are here complaining about not knowing some technique or that you feel you're not progressing. And yet you see 
these amazing people that have managed to do so much when they have barriers in front of them. And and I often feel like we're not really, how could you say, you know, like we don't, we take for granted what we have, you know, and we're really ungrateful at times. Or I say we, um, I can say myself, probably. I don't know <laughs> if it's the case with you or not. So, Yeah, I think um, it's easy to get caught in our own little bubble. Like we have, we're used to the way we do things and we're used to the way we see on uh, people in our network do, do things. And if we're not around people who have these kind of conditions and see how they do things, then it kind of separates us from that a bit. Yeah, um, and we suffer this with even software, right? So we we mm. And it, it, I don't think that inherently people are evil or, or people don't care. It's just not something that you are aware of 24-7, right? Mm. You know, when, when even when you're designing software and you're like, oh, I didn't realize that this was, for example, not accessible to a screen reader. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's something that we constantly have to take into account and remember and, and, and it's not often that easy. Mm, yeah yeah it's just about well not just about but like raising awareness and just bringing these things up with people can can really make a big difference yeah um, so you decided to create this guitar and and i think that i i'd like to break it up because it it focuses on on three different conditions um so let's let's take it one by one and and how what software are you using and and where does Kotlin come into here and and how does it exactly work? Like if we take the people that have uh, you know the are visually uh, challenged, how would mm. the guitar help them in this sense? So the people who yeah are visually challenged. So the main thing there is the braille reader, and that's how those those people would would use a guitar. But um. So when it comes to, in fact, any of those conditions, um, the core driver of it is the the actions on Google part, the, the stuff to do with the, the conversational aspect. That is that is essentially the core driver of, of everything in the guitar because even whether we display it in Braille, whether we display it in the speaker, that all comes from actions on Google and that, that response is just like um, uh, passed or like massaged and changed just to, to another representation. So given that I can't see, like if I if I can't see and I pick up the guitar, I can feel that there are six strings. And I mean, I, 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 can, I guess I can feel the fret. And, and I say I guess I can because, I mean, I've been learning to play the guitar, as I said, for a year. And now I find that I don't really have to look at the fretboard to position my fingers. So, I, I you know, I, I guess that it's possible to actually do this. But now let's say that I, you know, I don't know how to play a chord. Let's take, for instance, the C chord. How would I do that with your guitar? How how would it teach me how to play the C chord? Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Um, so I think to begin with, the frets is actually a really interesting thing because I kind of try to leverage that a bit because they're really great indicators of where your fingers are on the guitar. So if someone, for someone who doesn't have their vision, I think the frets already provide a great sort of key of uh, whereabouts they are on the fretboard. Yeah. And um, when it comes to learning the chords, so you'd begin by pressing the button on the guitar and that kind of enables the microphone and you would request a chord. So you could say, tell me how to play the C chord. And once you've said that, um, the Raspberry Pi inside the device will have picked that up and it will, it will send that 
information that you've spoken to it um, to uh, the, the actions on Google server. So we're using a tool called Dialogflow, which is essentially like a, like a framework that is a layer on top of actions on Google. So it's kind of like it's there to make things a little bit simpler um, because doing like natural language processing and um, all that stuff is quite complex. So Dialogflow is a framework that aims to make that simpler for you. Um, so when, once we've got that information, that tell me how to play the C chord, that essentially that sentence is sent to Dialogflow. And what Dialogflow will do is, is pick apart that sentence and, and try and um, get some useful data from it so that it can be um, handled for us. Um, and Dialogflow is a SDK that is available for the JVM or is it an HTTP endpoint? How, how do you interact with that? So you could do it either way. There's they have a REST API and they also have an SDK. Um, they have SDKs for multiple languages. Um, I'm actually using the Python one on the Raspberry Pi. Um, so there's there's Java and there's there's a range of different SDKs available, or you can interact with the HTTP uh, API. Um, so we send that using the SDK, and um, and there's then then when it comes to Dialogflow, there's two different parts. Um, there's a concept called intents, uh, and intent, an intent is essentially like uh, some operation that the user can request. So, learning to play a chord is an intent. Um, we could have any application. You could have various intents. We could have learning a chord, tune my guitar, play me a note. Um, they're all things that we want the action to do for us. Um, and as well as that, we also have the concept of entities. Uh, an entity is kind of like a data model. Um, for example, maybe maybe an enum is a good representation. So we could have uh, an enum called chord, and then for each uh, chord, we'd have a value of in that enum to represent a chord. So E, A, A minor, D, and so on. Um, so that entity, we have an entity called chord, and then we have all the different chord representations that we support as those entity values. And what Dialogflow would do is um, essentially try and pull apart that sentence we've spoken to it and try and map what intent is being asked and then also the entity value that has been sent with that sentence. So from tell me how to play the C chord, it knows that we're asking it that I want to learn how to play a chord and I'm also asking it that it's the C chord. Um, and if it can't pick out the entity, but it's picked out the intent, it will prompt the user again and say, what chord do you want to learn? Um, and it will just keep picking out until it can get that um, entity value from the user. And um, then it responds to the user saying, place your you know, index finger on the first fret, second string hmm. like this. Yeah, yeah. So so after that's happened and, and after all that, it will, you know, it will chuck the response back to guitar and it will um, do, do uh, either read it out in the speaker, do the brow and so on. But... Um, that does. There's actually a bunch of stuff which we have to do with that response before we can send it back to the guitar, and that's where Kotlin comes in, um, because when you're making actions uh, actions on Google bots, um, you can either have like really um, simple, like statically defined things where you don't need like an external backend um, to do like to do any like processing or any logical stuff for you, um, like if you if you've got data that doesn't change, um, but then in some cases like this, we, we need a backend to be able to fetch stuff from Firebase. Like we have images and, and sounds and, and core data that's stored in Firebase. 
and we need a way to be able to get that. And so that's where the Kotlin client library comes into play, um, which is something that Google released, I think it was last year, um, which essentially allows you to to write kind of like a, a, a small app that is hosted on Google App Spot, which we can um, communicate with and via webhook, which will handle that processing for us. Um, so previously, so this is so this is known as fulfillment. So essentially, Dialog has this content for us that is pulled apart, and then we need to fulfill that intent that the users kicked off to be able to pass it back to the guitar. Um, previously, these fulfillments were handled um, when I first put the guitar. Um, I used Firebase functions along with JavaScript um, to be able to pull apart all the core data and construct everything. Um, which you know it was a quick way of getting it done, um, so when we get that data from Dialogflow, um, what we essentially need to do is we need to format it for the guitar so it knows what chord it's playing and and so on. So when we pass to um, when Dialogflow passes us the C chord, um, that that's essentially all the data we need on our back end is it's the C chord, and then we chuck back the guitar all of the information. So what it will do on the Kotlin side is it will um, get the C and it will construct like the sentence to be spoken. So it will hit Firebase and it will it will get the C chord and it will get the string representations for the C chord and form that into like a speakable sentence. Um, it will also fetch the URL of the chord diagram that's going to be shown and it will also convert that um, chord into like a Braille representation. And all um, of this is code that you've written yourself, or are you using some other library to do these conversions between, you know, chords and the diagrams of the fretboard, etc.? Uh, yeah, that's all stuff I've written myself. So um, nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. Um, it's kind of quite like most of it's not uh, too complicated. The only thing is the Braille was a uh, was a fun one to implement. I was trying to like map. You have to map each individual character to a Braille representation, which is like a six bit. Um, uh, binary representation uh, of a letter um which is an interesting was a it was quite a long task but it was <laughs> it needed to be done so and you had to learn braille as well of course um I, I wouldn't say i can i'm comfortable with it but um i did do i did spend a lot of time looking at braille and um and checking because i had to check everything was right obviously like when i was getting the chord responses back i had to make sure that everything was working properly um so yeah that was yeah, I can't, I can't read Braille properly, but I can probably pick apart a few letters. Oh, and um, you have a full-time job as well. <laughs> yes. <Wow. laughs> so all, all in the evenings. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Like I said, there's, there's, there's a lot of moving parts. But um, I think the, 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 the Kotlin client library, so I didn't use that originally because it wasn't released. And they released it about halfway through the project. And... I kind of wanted to move towards it because it seemed like a lot simpler way of handling things. So previously, we'd have to create a Firebase function written in JavaScript, and then we'd have to push it to Firebase, um, which works really well. Um, it's a really quick way of doing it and works well. Um, however, there was like, I think I think one of the main things is one why I think the client library is good is just in forms of like accessibility in terms of like, the community um i think there's a lot of people who like kotlin and like writing things in kotlin and there's not so many people who are developing actions on google projects 
And I think having this client library possibly helps remove any hurdle that may be around to do with like people not wanting to to learn a new language or to learn how to be comfortable with Firebase functions and so on. Um, and another thing is the way that, because I had to do a lot of asynchronous requests, like hitting Firebase and getting data back from Firebase Firestore and Firebase Storage. And you had to do that in promises in JavaScript, which isn't a super trivial task. Um, but the way that this works with Dialogflow isn't like really well documented. Um, so again, I think that's another hurdle that comes in when when writing, when handling these um, intents this way. Um, but the, with the Kotlin client library, you can just handle it the way you usually would. Like you can use the Firebase SDKs. You can use stuff you'd use in your Android apps and obviously as, as long as there's no Android dependency and and it will work just the same way. So it's kind of something I was a lot more familiar with and it seemed like worthwhile moving over to. And I think other people in the community might feel the same way um, if, want, if they're wanting to write actions on Google projects. Nice. And all of these things that you have made regarding uh, the, the processing, are these released as, as a library that, that other people could use or is it just I mean, I actually haven't asked you if this entire, the software that you've written for this, is that open source or is it proprietary? So most of it's open source. Um, the the software that's on the Raspberry Pi isn't yet. Um, I have just haven't got around to, to open sourcing yet because I need to document it and I want to make sure that people can understand it um, before I do that. But and what the, is that written in? That's written in Python. Um right. So yeah, that's the only part that's not. But the the actual yeah the 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 stuff that handles handles the conversation on the back end that's in Kotlin is is completely open source, and um, and it uses the yeah uses the client library. So if that's something that people are wanting to explore, um, it's not a complex back end, so it, it could be worth checking out and and seeing if it's something that um you could get started with. That's very cool, mm. very cool, and. What about the other aspects in terms of people that have um, hearing disorders or speech impediments? Yeah, so for people with speech difficulties, um, the guitar has like a, a, a segment, like a, I think it's called a seven-segment display. So, like you know, have you have your alarm clock and it has the numbers? Um, basically, got four of those and stuck them on guitar, and essentially they they show they show the available chords, uh, um, so it fetches them for Firebase and shows the available chords on on those displays. And what the user can do is they use buttons on the guitar to to flick through the available chords, and they can hit a button to select the chord. Um, so they can they can they can go through the C like go C chord, D chord, and, and find one they want to learn, and then and then select it. Um, and that essentially triggers the same flow as the speech flow, um, but instead of sending the 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 audio request to at, at Dialogflow, we just send that um that single letter and that that does exactly the same flow and it's all the same um which was which that was kind of like a last minute addition but um when i looked at like the documentation and i looked at how it would work it, it didn't seem like much more um work but i think it would have like a big impact for some people yeah and in terms um, of people with hearing Hearing, so that's where we have the little the LCD display, the um, so this little H, a, a, a screen that's connected via HDMI, and um, so when 
when we do that whole request and we get all that information back to the guitar about how to play a chord, we get back a URL, which is an image to the chord diagram. And that just shows a chord diagram on the screen. Um, so yeah, when we, in on the, on the back end, on, on, the, on the Kotlin side of things, when, um, when we're getting that chord information, uh, we do the same in Firestore, we have a URL to an image, which is stored in Firebase storage. Um, and that comes back with the request. So we, then we just load that onto the screen. Um, and we also use the display for like a progress indicator. So when it's loading, um, the speaker will make a sound when it's loading as well. And because obviously there could be delays of requests and the Braille, just under the Braille reader, there's a little vibrating um, nodule, which is, I don't know if they have these everywhere, but in the UK underneath traffic lights, there's like a little vibrating motor. It like spins around um, so that if, if someone's blind and or deaf, they might not be able to hear or see the traffic lights. But they um, can feel the vibration, yeah, right? Yeah, feel which, the vibration. Which, and, and forgive my ignorance here, but that is the main source that people that are are deaf would use to feel mm. the music, essentially, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, if you're deaf, yeah. I get that question a lot. Is like, how how does that help deaf people? Why you built a guitar for deaf people? Um, but yeah, it does. Like, there are a lot of deaf musicians. Um, yeah, you can feel the vibrations, which is which is really, like... For me, just as like mind blowing. It's um, totally I right. I mean, it's like it, again, it goes back to how do you're an idiot that you know you you struggle sometimes between not knowing the you know not distinguishing the sound or, or between two chords or or pitches, and then you realize that there's people that that could do this based on vibration. Yeah, right? yeah, it's it's amazing. It's just on a whole other level. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it if if it should uh, you know like. From one side, it's like, oh, this is demotivating. But from the other side, it's very inspiring to like, mm. you know, you should be able to do this. Like, yeah. You should be able to do this. Yeah, no, completely. I completely agree. Um, and and I really, honestly, I think that what you've done is really amazing because not only you're doing it in your free time, but also learning about so many issues that people have and, and the challenges that they have and how you can try and solve those. Mm. And uh, so, really, kudos for for the work that you're doing. And, Thank you. And, yeah, um, I, I mean, you know, I say that it's it's great that it's also Kotlin, and but honestly, for me, the work that you're doing is is you know, it's irrelevant if it's Kotlin or not. I I really wanted to have this chat with you on this show, mm. um, and uh, since it's ultimately you know a show that I do, if people don't like it, well, you know, <laughs> listen to another episode. But yeah. for me, it really is fascinating. <laughs> It really is cool. And have you got people trying this? So that's the next step. Um, I've started reaching out to a few, a few like, there's a few schools in my area. And there's also like a a blind veterans um, hospice. And I've kind of reached out to them. Um, Haven't heard anything yet. It was only recently. So I'm trying to get people to try it. Like, I just want to know if it's, if it serves a purpose and if it's something that really could help people give some get um, some feedback improve it etc right yeah but yeah exactly how many but you have one prototype no yeah one prototype <laughs> yeah, that's going to be challenging to get a good user base right <laughs> yeah yeah i i'm i'm interested to see how that goes like my my vision for it my vision for it would be that this is kind of like an entry point so you use this to learn and then once you're comfortable with you know your cause and once you're comfortable with the guitar you wouldn't need this anymore yeah um, 
because you you know the basics and and that's what i would hopefully do with like the trials is get get one person using it at a time find out tweak it and then once they're comfortable is you know move them onto a real guitar and 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 see how that goes yeah but, yeah uh, do you know a software called musician i do not no, no. so uh musician is is do you know guitar hero Mm, yeah right yeah. so it's a real life guitar hero so to speak right it's it's available on android and uh mac os and uh, iphone and and i've i've subscribed to it for the past year or so and and what it, basically what it does is it shows you teaches you how to play the guitar uh by you know it, it shows you a, a scrolling fretboard and then it says press you know the your the index finger, pinky finger, middle finger, etc., ring finger, where to place it, what fret to play. Mm. So essentially like Guitar Hero if you've ever played it, right? Mm -hmm. And the good thing about it is that it allows you to progress, right? Because it challenges you level by level. Uh, because I don't know, I mean, you, you said that you started to learn the guitar when you were very young, but one of the biggest challenges that I've always had, and I still do, is... There's so much to learn, mm. and there's so many different paths to go down. And and I I often get frustrated of like, you know, what should I be doing? Should I should I go back to try and memorize my fretboard, or should I strengthen my speed on my scales or arpeggios? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't mm. know if you've you've ever had this issue, or or if you remember if you've had it. So, the nice thing about musician is that it essentially provides you a learning path, right? It's got a lot of downsides to it as well, right? Because, you know, the first few months when I started this, I'm like, wow, I'm really progressing. And then someone's like, show me what you know. And I'm like, if you don't put musician in front of me, I can't show you anything, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to do the beats myself. I don't know how to like tap my feet. It's just yeah. like down strum, up strum, down strum, right? So, I, I've paired that with other things. But the reason I bring it up is because, of course, that offers you a visual input as well mm. in that it's saying to you what string to press and it's telling you whether it's correct or not. Mm. And I think that for people that couldn't hear, that could also maybe, you know, combining what you have with that mm. maybe could be useful as well. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Like, yeah, having that actual visual representation that's probably a bit more useful yeah or you could uh, yeah. you're, or i'm just giving you an idea take the whole scrolling thing of musician and build it into your guitar yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah give me a, give me a few months <laughs> yeah it's a little bit more challenging than a lead display yeah. granted yeah. but you know the the clock ones but uh, i'm sure you can do it <laughs> no i'll have to i'll have to look it up and see see what it's about but that yeah that, that's definitely an interesting thing to think about there's, there's probably loads that can be done with a guitar um, it's just finding out I guess what people want and what would help people. Yeah. And um I I, yeah. I I really always think that like the biggest challenge that people have in in learning things is not having a learning path. Mm. You know, and when you're overwhelmed with a lot of things. But uh but hey, tell me uh how did you actually learn? Give me some tips. Guitar. Yeah. Uh, I kind of So I remember I got this really it was a really crappy guitar and and I just I had lessons from the get-go and um, but i never learned like the bass i just went straight into learning songs um I, my guitar teacher was like what do you want to learn i was like i want to play songs because i was at school and obviously we were all people were like joining bands and stuff and um 
yeah i just started i started with learning really simple songs like you know power chords just where you have like bar chords and and that's literally what i started with what um, was your music taste i'm um, kind of like like rock and like pop punk and um a little bit of metal but with with rock music like with like you can do like rhythm guitar was like uh, mainly what i played then and yeah I, I didn't start off with like the traditional chords um because at the time i didn't find that that interesting <laughs> and then i realized that i actually needed them <laughs> but yeah i just started off playing songs and um i i ne- was re- never really heavy on music theory like i can I, I appreciate it and i understand it's important um but for me like i just wanted to play music and write music and the kind of in- music i was influenced by didn't um didn't have too much of an influence by that um so yeah i kind of yeah that was it really i just started like learning songs and learning stuff that i was hearing on the on the radio and stuff and yeah yeah, that's that's the other aspect which is the musical ear right it's it's Mm. like again something that i still struggle with Uh, Mm. but uh you've definitely made me realize that i i I can do this i just need Mm. to uh, I don't know what I need to do, but I, <laughs> I can do it. It's just, it's time as well, isn't it? It, it, it is. takes a lot of time and patience. And it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. I actually bought a travel guitar uh, because since I travel quite a bit, I'm like, I need to still practice half an mm. hour every day. But it's, I, I really don't enjoy playing the travel guitar. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, I take it a lot of times and I'm like, oh, this is so horrible to play. <laughs> Get yeah. people knocking on your hotel door like shut up yeah no it's not even that i mean i i put headphones on and stuff but um it's just it's not the nicest guitar in the world to play to be honest with you it Mm. feels so light because it's like very very small Mm. um so yeah cool so uh regarding your project like you said that you're going to be you know trying to get more users on board Mm. um what's the next step for you beyond that i mean are you trying to get some funding around it as well or not that was never the plan like to be honest i never never saw it as like a business model or anything um i guess it depends how the testing goes if 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 people use it and like i really see people benefiting it benefiting from it then i might that might be a route um i think it's just knowing if it's useful and then if it was then i, I would probably have to think about whether it's something i'd want to pursue more um because yeah, I, I don't know. It's very time consuming. It would be, it'd be very time consuming, especially outside of my day job. Um, but I'd lo- I'd love to. I'd love to see. Like I had I had a small vision of like teaching a small group of people to play guitar and then doing like a little concert or something. And um, I think like that was that was my original plan. Um, but one one thing at a time. Um, I think I just love to see people learning music who um, might have not had the chance to otherwise. Yeah, um, that's the main thing. I me. think if you even help one person mm. accomplish that, you've done something good already, right? I yeah. mean, I think you've done a lot of good already because if not anything else, you have learned even more about being appreciative to the to the barriers that many are confronted with, right? And mm. that is something that I, I'm guessing that you can use in your daily work as well. Mm. Right. Yeah. It all ties back in. Exactly. Um mm. and even more so as, you know, software uh, developer hmm. but, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so i i would be very proud of what you've done already you mm. know independently of where it goes thank you yeah yeah well that's very cool um thank you again for doing it and thank you for coming on the show and speaking about it and uh it's great that i'm you know you've you've also converted that to kotlin 
Um, so if you do like make any of those, the because the 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 parts about one of the things that like I, I'm interested in is regarding the conversion of chords and frets and and strings to be used, etc. Like, is that available as a standalone thing or as a library itself, or is it part of the whole mix? Um, I I have it available from the project I spoke about called Brailbox. The same that's the same code, and I have that available on a separate repo. Yeah, that is open source, so yeah, I'm happy to provide a link to that as yeah, well as the code. That would be stuff. cool. That would be cool. Um, I'd like to, to see, see that. Yeah. And we'll include it in the show notes as well. Nice, yeah. Awesome. Sure. Great. Well, thanks a lot, Joe. And uh, we'll speak soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. Speak to you soon.